0: Welcome to the Scale Up Valley podcast, where we bring the best of the best to help you scale a business from one million to one trillion. Today's guest is Stefan, the general partner at Latin Leap. Stefan, welcome to the show.
1: Hi, Mike. Good to be with you.
0: My pleasure. And uh, yeah, so you have an, an amazing experience as operator and now uh, as investor as well. Um, and we would love to, to get to know more about you and to, and to discuss uh, some of um, the lessons learned during your path on those both uh, capacities. So who is Stefan for, for the ones who are listening to us?
1: Uh, briefly, Mike, uh, uh, Stefan is a German that has been around in Latin America for the past decade, uh, mainly involved in tech entrepreneurship uh, and venture investing, uh, as you correctly pointed out, uh, started off as an operator and uh, a few e-commerce businesses, uh, the Rocket Internet and uh, a few others uh, self-funded um, Uh, basically in Spanish-speaking Latin America from Argentina up to to Mexico Uh, and uh, am based out of Colombia currently and uh, have been um, as of late uh, starting to invest in uh, local early stage opportunities in Latin America and also through Latin LEAP uh, we are focusing on the connection of international tech scale-ups into Latin America.
0: Awesome. And it would be good for for the ones who who are listening to us kind of explaining also what is kind of your thesis in terms of early stage uh, VC investment.
1: So uh, we've seen a few things. Uh, First of all, that uh, Latin America, as some of your uh, audience um, might know, is uh, rather large and uh, heterogeneous continent. Um, so many times founders also when they are trying to internationalize from one country to another, being it for instance from Colombia to Mexico or, or vice versa, um, uh, are not familiar w- with the markets in, in, um, in these other countries from, from their perspective. And um, where Latin LEAP and uh, a syndicate that we have been forming comes in is uh, by providing uh, advice and networks on the ground in each of these countries to help facilitate um, the expansion and try to avoid a typical pitfall that uh, local founders could potentially uh, fall into um, when expanding in the region.
0: And and definitely that's one of the one of the main risks uh, of of scaling up uh, across the region you mentioned spanish speaking uh, countries in in latin uh, that's your main focus uh, as well right uh, over there yes
1: um uh, we're mainly focused on on what's called the pacific alliance Got it. Uh, which uh is basically comprised out of mexico colombia peru and chile um and uh, Typically see uh, companies expanding in, in, in these parts uh, first uh, before they will consider the, the big elephant in the room, which is Brazil, ob- obviously. Um, uh, companies that are, are starting out increasingly. And I think this has also been, been changing over the, the course of the last 10 years uh, when uh, the, the usual second market, if you're a Chilean, Peruvian, or Colombian founder, um, the natural expansion market ten years ago used to be Brazil uh, by its sheer size, but nowadays uh, Mexico, for instance, is of uh, uh, is, uh, is a top is top of mind for, for these guys. And uh, usually, what we see also is that in a, after the second round of funding, uh, in the initial founders, uh, even if they come from smaller countries, um, are then moving and effectively. To, um, to, uh, for instance, Mexico, and then um, uh, expanding the business in larger markets.
0: Exactly. So, of course, in, in the Spanish-speaking uh, side of LATAM, definitely Mexico is is the largest uh, market, and uh, kind of at a certain point, especially if you come from. The other Pacific Alliance countries uh, Colombia Peru and Chile that would be the objective to to get into Mexico and to scale up uh, in Mexico before you're saying considering Brazil in the region or even other regions uh, across the world that's
1: and, correct um,
0: and and I believe that the same as it happens, uh, I know that you have a passion like myself uh, about LATAM and also um, Southeast Asia. We see a lot the tendency of uh, those players and those founding teams and leadership teams to have the aim or the dream of becoming regional players. Uh, so there is still the dream of being the LATAM leader or the Southeast Asia leader. So, those kind of regions are not thinking too much outside of those regions. It, it makes me think also about Europe. Um, not, not Europe, it, it, it's in, in different way because the European scale ups want to become European leaders or want to expand directly into the US. Or if we think about uh, Iberian scale ups, some of them will also choose to, to jump into. Into LATAM. But there is a tendency, clearly, in LATAM and Southeast Asia to have the aim of becoming regional players, but not the ambition of becoming uh, global players. And what I'm what I'm listening more and more in LATAM is also this um, attempt of trying to challenge entrepreneurs to think a little bit more uh, globally. But at the same time, if you think too much globally, we might lose focus and we know that focus is critical in order to scale up uh, effectively. Trying to do too many things at the same time is, is the, the death kiss in a, in a certain way. Uh, what, what, what are your thoughts, That given that you are, uh, as you said, uh, German with, with strong experience in, in LATAM and that you have also a global outlook in terms of uh, starting up and scaling up? Uh, what, what are your thoughts on, on that?
1: Yeah, I think this is a, a very tricky question, um, and it exactly de- describes the dilemma that, uh, that founders are faced on. Um, we don't uh, see too many uh, Latin American startups and scale-ups that have been successful uh, somewhere else in, in, in the world, uh, mm-hmm. which might, uh, on the one hand, be a lack of vision, uh, this could be a, a, a hypothesis. On the other hand, also, uh, effectively, um, uh, global competition levels are much different than, um, uh, than, than we, we see them in, in Latin America. So I would say there's a few uh, exceptions. If we're looking at, for instance, a uh, Brazilian e-commerce uh, a company uh, that uh, has also started to do business in Asia and elsewhere. Um, but uh, i I also tend to see, and and I think this is um uh, this also has to do with the moment in which we are right now, and where capital is um, becoming more a scarce resource for for expansion, that um, I particularly don't don't mind uh, founders that uh, first of all, uh, think about the region and becoming a regional champion, uh, talking about the 650 yeah. million uh, inhabitants market, which is large enough, and the fact that uh, if you are a leader in uh, Colombia, for instance, it does not necessarily qualify you to be a leader in Mexico yeah? uh, or, okay. or vice versa. So these this markets need to, need to be conquered and dominated as well first, yeah? right. uh, which is a challenge in its own right. Uh, Sometimes I see uh, founders in in Latin America, when they have a presence in, suppose, Peru and and Colombia, they think, okay, Latin America is already checkmarked, which is not the case. So so, um, I I, I, I believe um, local founders do good in in really establishing a local presence, sometimes even uh, becoming a national champion is also um, is also enough, so to speak, to be an uh, attractive uh, M&A target or uh, to, or to realize an exit in in some form. So don't uh, don't underestimate. I in, in my my time as as an operator, I've seen time and time again um, the uh, the dangers also of internationalizing too quickly. Right. Uh, And uh, on the one hand, founder ambition, and on the other hand, uh, feasibility um, and and the possibility of losing focus, as you mentioned. So I believe uh, not necessarily um, uh, one needs to have a global ambition to start uh, the business. And then, uh, as you know, as as the the business grows, the cap table changes, opportunities change, uh, also, a global perspective can arise. Certainly, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes the same founders are the right people to do so. Sometimes not. Not even. No. Those right. that are were the right people to ramp up a business are not necessarily the ones to uh, to lead it into the global enterprise. No?
0: Right. But in a, in a certain way, to to be fair with all the reasons, again, it's it's not uh, not criticizing any of the founders that are doing a, an amazing job. Uh, in a certain way, the US focus in the US. Uh, Europe, maybe it's more connected with the US. LATAM and uh, a few incursions in, in Southeast Asia. Southeast Asia focus on, on Southeast Asia, of course. China focus on China, India, uh, in India. So that, that's kind of a, a pattern across all regions to focus more in the specific region. Curiously, I think that's the, the main exception is uh, Europe uh, in a certain way. Um, that is more open to to other regions, maybe because of the of the history itself, uh, of the size of the markets, from um, from where the entrepreneurs uh, come from, that they, they don't have another option not to look outside and to see what would be the best region to expand to. But definitely, I think that you nailed the point of the timing of uh, the expansion being critical. We, we discuss it so much on the show on when to move from Europe to, to the US. Uh, if you don't have the, the resources or if it is the, the wrong timing, if it is too early, it might be too late because the American competitor is already leading the category. If it is too early, you might not have the resources and you might kill the company. While trying to expand um, the company, um, but focusing more on on LATAM and on your lessons learned, expanding from uh, one country to to another with more focus on on Spanish speaking uh, ones in the Pacific Alliance, as you said, what are the main lessons learned? What are the main mistakes that you see um, founders make uh, on on your portfolio, or uh, what are your tips or or advice for for the ones who are Facing those
1: challenges. So I, the that it's a heterogeneous set of uh, of okay. challenges, and uh, maybe picking out one single uh, factor does not uh, reflect uh, the reality. Uh, I think they're um, they're, they're numerous. Um, one potentially is. Um, not recognizing the idiosyncrasy of of every market. So uh, obviously, as you want to build a tech business, you you you're trying to look at um, uh, a problem always with the the same set of of tools to to solve it, uh, being it uh, in Peru, being it in Ecuador, being it in Colombia, and so forth. So um, you are tempted to say, "I need to build a streamlined organization, and I cannot hyperlocalize too much." Yeah. At the same time, in Latin America, and uh, you are making the uh, the comparison is we are not in the European Union, so. Uh, it, it, people attempted to say okay they they also speak spanish they are similar uh, right. our neighbor but it but it turns out it's a complete different legal system and the competitive environment and uh, the local the uh, labor laws the currency is some most of the time not always but most of the time the currency uh, is is different and um and, and and so the barriers uh, to entry are different, and also sometimes it's the time it takes to to uh, localize, being it through a local payment gateway, being it through local talent that is required, uh, mm-hmm. local communication uh, takes longer than than one initially would uh, would anticipate. I think mm-hmm. this is this, this is part of the message. Um, also because. If you are a b2b business for instance and you're trying to sell goods and services to uh, or, or services more, more than anything to uh, to corporate um mm-hmm. usually the, the, the local champions are um, are different from the ones that you knew in your your home country yeah so there are obviously a few multi-latina uh, which which can be a great way but usually um you have the, the largest local customers are local customers that need to be acquired from scratch. So the, the commercial job needs to be redone in every country. Yeah? And all this takes time. So underestimating the, these challenges um, can be what I sometimes see is a, um, a component uh, that, um, that, that founders uh, need to be uh, well aware of.
0: Yeah? Yeah. You see, we see it uh, that, of course, uh, founders that come for from larger countries uh, have a tendency to stay more time in the domestic market because they have a larger domestic market. And founders that come from smaller countries uh, have a more regional or global mindset because they need to leave the domestic market uh, as quickly as possible because the domestic market is too small i'm thinking of course we know that um chile in a, in a certain way is maybe the it's maybe not it's it's the smallest uh, country of of the pacific alliance but maybe the most uh developed and the most mature uh, market in uh, across those four so do you see any any kind of patterns from entrepreneurs that are coming out of Chile and Peru compared to the, and, and, and Colombia compared to the ones who are coming out of Mexico that maybe can focus, uh, let's say until series A or even series B, just uh, expanding in Mexico and becoming leaders uh, in Mexico before considering other countries outside of uh, of Mexico. Yeah,
1: it's effectively, as, as you're describing it, and uh, in, also in, as I mentioned earlier, so Founders out of Chile, Peru, Ecuador, Colombia uh, are naturally obliged to expand to a larger market uh, fairly quickly in order to become a, at least a regional player and therefore more of an attractive target for specific, specifically VC money. At yep. the same time, um, the, uh, the, the same that... Uh, uh, I, I mentioned earlier um, holds also true, and, and sometimes I see even uh, founders coming from these uh, countries um, with too much ambition and, uh, let's say, uh, too fast of of, uh, uh, of a desire to to expand um, at a level where if you're talking to them and, for instance. Uh, it's a, com- a company that does 100k uh, USD uh, ARR or, mm-hmm. or in a in a B2B space or um mm, but... or, or let's say a uh, turnover um, B2C company a uh, transactional turnover of uh, less than a million dollar uh, on annualized basis in Chile and Peru and said okay we you know we proved the case and uh, we have to now expand to Mexico. And then when we go back and say, okay, uh, so if you're doing a million dollars or less in uh, a country like Peru, um, you know, is, is that it? Is, is this all the Peruvian market can, can give your business? Right. So, and if this is the conclusion, then, um, I mean, good luck. Yeah, Mexico might be four or five times larger, okay. This is true or depending on the business model anything between three and 10 10 X is, is possible, we see this, um, but. Uh, it's still fairly uh, fairly low there, no. So, you, If this is this is your entire addressable market, then uh, yeah maybe you should stick around in your own country a little longer and then until there's more traction so so um, i'm trying to, to say this yeah. So if you if you're looking uh, to um, let's say um, get your get your lifeline or rescue the business, you think infraction is becoming a little difficult for by that reason, say no, we just have to quickly enter into uh, Mexico and then all all will be fine and our numbers will start to grow aggressively again. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And something to consider is that even in the domestic market, we can already have proven a little bit of, not at those numbers, as you are saying, but a little bit of product market fits and assuming that we, we are at the right timing to expand into a second market. And um, sometimes we have developed a little bit more of the scale up mindset and we need to come back that when we are expanding into a new market, we need to go through product market fit again. Uh, so it's kind of creating a new startup from uh, the scratch, of, of course, without, with some experience in the region. But as you said, the markets might be so different that we need to prove all the hypotheses again and, and be super open and, uh, and not assume that uh, everything will be super easy. And also consider the timing to get the results and the investments needed uh, because, again, uh, the game of VC is a, is a speed game, uh, and if we need to go um, from from startup to, to scale up another three years, let's go from zero to one million ARR, for instance, another three years, it might be too late to expand the company from one to five million uh, to go from series A to series B, so the numbers uh, don't make so, which means that we still need to grow a lot from the domestic markets uh, and to plant the seeds to then gain momentum to go from the 5 to 10 million ARR, for instance, um, in, in the new market. And those timings and, and, and that calculation, of course, it's super difficult to do and, and, and super risky when when expanding. Correct. Uh, and in, in that sense, a good point as well is sometimes we forget that um, the idea of a of a. Of the, of the VC game is really to create 100 million uh, player and if we are only having um, revenues of 100k or 200k uh, I'm talking in dollars, uh, it might it might be difficult uh, how many countries we will add into the table. This will increase a lot of the complexity, which will slow down the, the scaling up stage. Um, So the the odds are all against us. If we need to be a global player to have 100 million uh, in business, this will be very, very difficult. Maybe we need, as you said, to be a global player when we go into 1B or 10B, we already made the IPO, the VC investors already made their exits. That's another stage that, unfortunately, very few companies in the world are able to, to make. So I would say that, uh, even getting to 100 million is, 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 is a very difficult, uh, challenge. And we know this, and it's part of the, of the VC rules and of the VC odds and, uh, and everyone is comfortable and, and we all need, a, especially as founders to understand what are the rules of the game before embarking, uh, on, on that game or on that system to, to scale up the company. Cool. Any, any other, uh thoughts that you think would be interesting for, for the ones listening um, in LATAM who are considering expansion in across those four countries, any other thoughts that you see, any other patterns, um, advice, even from your own operator experience in the region? Yeah,
1: so, uh, I mean, <laughs> one thing is, is to be repeated, um, uh, <laughs> Go fast, but not too fast. No, so
0: <laughs>
1: exactly. uh, yeah. Uh, so try, uh, try to be quick, but, but uh, don't uh, don't overdo it. No, which, which may, yep. um, may fall back on And then I also, I think that there is also the a topic on on choosing the right market where to go next. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yep. the uh, this, Potentially two different ways to look upon uh, on this, um, and not necessarily one is is better than than another. I think it depends very much on the business model. So one is to say, okay, we have to go after the uh, the TAM as a total addressable market, uh, and mm-hmm. so in order to be relevant to certain vp's we have to be in Mexico as our, as our next market yeah and right. uh, this is uh, otherwise uh, we, we can't uh, collect VC money sometimes this may hold true in terms of the logic that you mentioned uh, we have to do t- total dollars of x by in order to qualify etc sometimes uh, on the other hand larger markets are al- also more competitive other folks are already there yeah mm-hmm. A- and yeah. um and, and it might also be, I uh, have more friction to enter such a market. Whereas, if we are looking at a, at a smaller market, maybe, if, for instance, from a Colombian perspective, uh, uh, Ecuador, yeah, we can say, okay, um, it's a smaller market, but we can become number one in this market fairly quickly. Looks like yeah, and, uh, and even a smaller, a, a smaller business can be um depends if we're looking for for short-term profitability or not but I, i'll say it it can be a profitable operation or at least uh, contribution margin can be higher etc when we don't face uh, too much competition in acquiring customers and on the price level as well so this needs to be taken into account also if you're seeing at uh, who are the some of the region's largest uh companies uh usually uh those those come from the banking sector from the mm. energy let, let the energy sector apart with uh, mining and so forth which is a, a little bit of a specific right. situation but generally it's banking and retail yeah so supermarkets and uh and and, and those those guys and banking institutions yes. now if you're looking at at, at these um you have a few players that are actually very profitable champions in smaller com- countries because they dominated those countries and Central America is, uh, as a region and, and the, mm-hmm. uh, the countries there are a good example to say okay um, I can be number one I can create almost greater monopolistic situation um, and. Uh, the markets will not be attractive for someone else to get into this because they're not large enough for two or three players um, and if i already built up a brand there and already acquired customers they, they can be a loyal customer base um and and, and so so those are uh, i would say the two things uh, to be carefully considered depending on 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 overall um, plans for the company
0: Right. So two two things to, to think about for, for the ones listening. Uh first, clearly the timing, uh, and second, um the trade-off ensure that you will clearly have a, a leadership position or you are already close to a leadership position before embarking to a new country and ensure that you also have the resources to attack that new country, especially if it is a larger uh, that you might face much more competition, which means that you would need more resources and more time to conquer the markets and more, a better differentiation and to be able to compete uh, face-to-face with, uh, with those players who are trying again to, to win the region. Because if we have local players coming from Peru, uh, from Chile, uh, all from Colombia, all trying to win Mexico, uh, that, that's the, the place where they will face each other and they will battle to be the leaders in, in the category across the region.
1: Yes, uh, as a founder, ask yourself, uh, does, it more, uh, th- um, does it make more sense for my business to be number three in Mexico or number one in Ecuador? Yeah. For instance, yeah. Uh, what options uh, do arise from these situations? In terms of exit, in terms of total value of the company, but also in terms of risk. Yeah, because if I if, if, if yeah if I don't make it in Mexico and I'm at number three or number four and I wasted a lot of resources, I'm not getting the traction. Yeah, what does that mean for my next round? Will I even get a next funding round, or did I burn my uh, burn my resources? So, question to ask.
0: Good points. Uh, that's why it's it's. The arts uh, and the science related really to uh, starting up and, and scaling a company, uh, there are fundamentals, but uh, every single case, it's always different. Uh, and, uh, and that's why it's not easy and why we don't have a playbook and we just replicate the playbook. And, and it's done and uh, every single entrepreneur would be successful and every single investor would be successful uh, as well, right? <laughs> that, that's part of the beauty uh, of life. So let's let's go into your other angle. So as, as we discussed a lot, you have been focused uh, as operator and an investor in, in LATEM and helping with this expansion across the region, but you also have another angle. That's the way also I, I found you online with a report that you published um, about the similarities between Southeast Asia and Latam, and for the ones who are listening to me on the show over these 230 plus episodes, you know that I'm really passionate about these two regions, and I, I couldn't avoid to get in touch with you and and to invite you to come into the show, to 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 leverage from your experience in in in, in Latam and also this this report uh, of. Southeast Asian scale-ups that want to expand into, into LaTAM So w- what are your thoughts about the two regions, the similarities, some of the stuff that you have written down in, in, in the report? And, and why do you think that uh, it is interesting uh, LATEM for Southeast Asian uh, startups or scale-ups?
1: Yeah. So um, about uh, three years ago, um a visit uh, to to Medellin by uh, Medellin Colombia by uh, representatives of the the Singaporean government uh, was really uh, eye-opening to me uh, when uh, we began to discuss uh, parallels and similarities between uh, the two regions, two emerging regions of this world, which is Southeast Asia and Latin America. So, uh, w- when you start to compare economic realities, uh, needs, consumer needs, uh, and also stages of development uh, between these two regions, uh, and, uh, and also, let's say, um, mere economic facts such as um, population, GDP sizes, it, it's all very similar. And um, based on, on On these conclusions, we began to develop a uh, tech connection between Southeast Asia and Latin America with Singapore as an innovation hub within this region. Um, And um, detecting companies with potential to deploy their business in Latin America with solutions tailored to emerging markets. Sometimes what we see in LATAM is when international companies from europe uh, from um, north america are trying to do business in in the region Um, their prospectuses their presentation everything looks very nice local customers potential customers are impressed when it comes down to the pricing level for the local market uh, when mature economic, uh, economies have to kind of include overheads in in their pricing structure, it becomes very difficult sometimes for emerging market customers to uh, to simply pay for these solutions, even if they like them. And sometimes, uh, what we also saw is that um, uh, again, the solutions coming out of uh, mature econo- uh, economies such as Europe and uh, and again North America. Uh, um, or, or can be overly sophisticated for, for consumers in Latin America in, in more emerging regions and are made for uh, different uh, demographics, simply, simply put. Uh, in this regard, uh, we see uh, Southeast Asia as a great sourcing region for um, uh, solutions that can, uh, and this is a little bit where uh, the name Latin LEAP comes from, leapfrog uh, in Latin America okay. in, in different, um, in different uh, verticals uh, that um, make up large parts of the GDP um, and um, uh, help a society uh, move forward in, in, in Latin. Now, um, what is it that we've also seen is that for a Southeast Asian company, it's all. It's of course uh, exotic to to consider Latin America to enter this market. It's not a straight um, forward uh, approach to say, okay, I uh, yes, of course, um, I'll enter into LATAM. Um Usually, we see two types of reaction. Uh, first, uh, a, com- a company saying, uh, "We've never thought about Latin America, but now that uh, that you are telling us." Uh, how the situation looks uh, over there and, and some of the, the opportunities you're seeing, it's an interesting market we should definitely consider. The second type of, of, of reactions that we, we also usually hear is that, um, yes, we've thought about Latin America. Uh, we know it's there. We know it's a great opportunity, but it's so far away, uh, time zone-wise, culture-wise, language-wise, um without a local partner we wouldn't venture out into this market Uh, we or we wouldn't know where to start we don't feel comfortable Mm -hmm. in in deploying on the other side of the world without someone locally to to guide us or or to align interest at least or to co-invest with us and this is where Latin leap comes in in our approach where we say okay um uh, we we pick um uh, the southeast asian winners uh, and invest with them and then um, be of help in the deployment phase in LATAM. Again, having recognized time and time again, uh, patterns and what a scale up typically looks for when deploying into a new market, uh, which is uh, normally access to talent, regulatory navigation, tropicalization of the communication basically, yeah, Uh, finding local customers, in the end, tapping into local ecosystem, uh, press, universities, things like that, and uh, having also access to trusted third-party providers in, on the back, back office side, legal, accounting, uh, and these things. So um, th- those are typically the the, the things that uh, we try to chip in, in when when helping um, companies to enter into the market. Yeah.
0: It makes a lot of sense, and we could have the the same discussion that we had before about, again, the right timing from expanding from Southeast Asia into or from any region into other regions, in this case, from Southeast Asia into LATAM. I think it's the kind of the same lessons that we were talking about LATAM, Uh, with even more importance, that's because there are are more similarities cultural wise in between the countries within the region, compared to other vision uh, then we need to be more careful with that expansion there is an um, higher risk but w- what i'm really curious about is uh, do you see that's the opposite direction uh is also an opportunity right so LATAM, um, companies or, or ups, uh finding the right timing in order to expand uh into into southeast asia uh, this is something that you have on on your vision for for the future or do you prefer to to, to focus on uh, playing in LATEM and helping Southeast Asian scale to come to LATEM and, and help the ones in LATEM to expand across LATEM?
1: So uh, we've been asked many times if this uh, tech bridge, as we sometimes call it, works both ways, yeah? which is a natural yeah. thing to ask. Yeah. Um, now uh and i'm not here to say no it, it does not uh but i want to also be realistic yeah I, I would love to see uh latin american companies making good business in in, in asia of course uh but also realistically speaking uh, it's the asian century yeah and uh, most yep. innova- most innovation on this planet uh, comes from asia yeah yeah and uh, uh competition levels are highest in, in this part of the world. So uh, it's a little bit more straightforward to say um, we look at this from Asia to Latin, first of all. Yeah? And uh, if uh, you know, as Latin America also updates itself in many ways, then uh, potentially both ways is also an, an opportunity. Yeah? But in, in terms of, of priority and also on um, realistic success, for all stakeholders involved in, in such an initiative. Um, uh, for the time being, we prefer to focus on, on Asia to Latam. That's
0: good. Ex- excellent point. We were talking about competition across Latam and, and definitely uh, Southeast Asia. It's it's another world uh, in what matters to to competition. Great point. So this is the moment where we get uh into the quick question and quick answer uh, kind of formats. So we'll have free kind of self-reflective questions um, for our guests and to you, and then free questions more related with, uh, with resources that we'd like to recommend to, to other uh, founders and investors listening to us on the show. So let's start with with the first one. Uh, if you would have the opportunity to, to talk with Stefan at the beginning of uh, Latin leap, Uh, what advice would you offer to your younger self?
1: Um, Think about uh, possible uh, pandemics to come up and how this might change your course.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Good point. Now I'd love to do a follow-up question, but it's not allowed in this segment. What are you the most proud of uh, on your journey so far?
1: Uh, I would say, uh, do not give up on the hope of Latin America, uh, which, uh, I mean, it, 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 as you know, or someone or all the people that uh, have been in Latin America for quite a while either living there or working there, um, there is uh, certainly always a good level of uh, political and economic storm somewhere <laughs> in, in, in the region. So sometimes it's also uh, easy to lose uh, confidence yeah uh, but then you always see the light and uh on, on the other side of the tunnel and it's good to to
0: stick through it's worst worst advice I've ever received uh
1: oh i i, I usually uh, only tend to listen to the good advice
0: <laughs> great way of answering to the question well then uh, investor skills and uh, let's go into the resources what is your favorite book uh,
1: so in, in fact uh, i uh, recommend very much uh, ray dalio uh, changing world order uh, in a book format or also um, on youtube i believe uh, yeah. very insightful uh, for those that uh I have not heard about Ray Dalio, or maybe not so, so many uh, as he's quite well known, but uh, I like very much his uh, ref- reflection and could recommend it.
0: That's a great resource and very related to the show that we have recorded uh, today, talking about the regions, the dynamics, the competition, etc. cetera. So uh, the Asian century as you- The rise write, and fall
1: of, of certain uh, empires. Yeah.
0: Empires, exactly. I love it. Good one. Favorite movie or series as you wish.
1: Uh, I have to be honest, I, I have the, uh, ever watch uh, TV no Netflix or anything like this I, I, I try to look at real time as, as my as a real world as my movie and uh, I, I'm fully occupied with this but uh, uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I did like uh, Breaking Bad a lot I have to say yeah? one, of the, okay. one of the early Netflix series I, I love this one very much yeah. love it.
0: and finally uh, your favorite podcast uh, excluding this one
1: Oh, uh, I, I can point to uh, the Latin Leap podcast as well, where from time to time we interview uh, founders from uh, our portfolio and uh, affiliated companies in uh, a format that is relatively uh, traditional, but looking at the founder's perspective and its business. So uh, it's a fresh view on uh, uh, some of the upcoming uh, technology founders, both from Asia and Latin America, please find it on Spotify and, uh, uh, and, and look for it, yeah? So I would say it's clearly the number two podcast behind uh, Scale Up Well.
0: Really. Great. Great one. I will check that out. Uh, looking forward to, to it. Uh, Stefan, it was really a pleasure to have you uh, on the show. You are always welcome to, to come back, to share more lessons learned helping companies to, to scale to LATAM or across uh, LATAM. Uh, Thanks so much for for making the time.
1: Thank you, Mike, and uh, good luck.
0: And to our community, as you see, we keep bringing the best of the best to make your life a little bit easier, starting up and scaling up your business. See you soon and keep scaling.